0: Welcome to Calvary Ages and Podcast. We exist to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. We hope this blesses you. Hey, yeah. If you guys were like, man, I wanna hear more of any of those stories, they're actually on Calvary Westlake's YouTube. Um, that was from a Y series that we filmed, I think it was in 2020 or 2021. Um, I feel like I'm giving you some feedback. Not in a good way. Um, so, yeah, you can go onto YouTube and find more of those. Uh, if you're like, hey, you look like the girl in the video, I was. And <laughs> they asked me to talk on singleness. So now I get to talk on breakups, <laughs> everyone's two favorite subjects. Um, but I'm, I really am excited to be with you guys tonight. If we haven't met before, um, I'm Sarah. I guess you're one of the pastors at Calvary Young Adults. Yes. So, yeah. Do you have any seniors tonight? Hey, they're like timidly like, yeah, I'm here, okay. Well, oh. be- woo! Well, before I get into uh, the actual sermon, I actually wanna talk about something going on this summer. We have our YA Israel and Palestine mission trip. Ooh. Woo, yeah, so if you're like, man, I am sad I'm leaving high school and there's no more mission trips, that is wrong. We have some in the adult world as well. So this is an exciting trip. If you know anything about the Middle East or Palestine and Israel, these are two territories that have been in conflict for a very long time um, over religious reasons, cultural, racial, and what we get to do is to come in and partner with one of our ministries, Musalha Ministry, which just means reconciliation, and we throw a summer camp for Palestinian and Israeli kids. So it's awesome. We get to basically share the gospel with them through our actions, through time together, and then we get to have a bunch of fun. So you're like talking about the Old Testament, but then you also get to go down a slip and slide with them and be like, look, kids are kids everywhere. So if you're interested in signing up for that, it's going to be July 21st through August 1st. You can talk to me after service, or you can write your name on the prayer wall and be like, please tell me more, and I can email you. So anywho... Back to breakups, everyone's favorite subject. Um, the series tonight, um, we're, we're closing it out, we're gonna do some Q and A's next week, but it's titled Breaking Up and Dealing with Drama Gracefully. Because <laughs> here's the reality. You will either go through a breakup yourself some point in your life, or you're gonna be with someone, a friend, maybe a family member who's dealing with a breakup, or at least dealing with relational drama, now, as I was thinking about this, I think it's really ironic because when it's not us, we kind of love breakups. Like if you look at pop culture, which honestly I wasn't that into until like I had to write the sermon, um, they are like the fuel of our favorite songs. So hey, shout out to T-Swift. If you're going to the Ares tour, good for you. Um, but they're also the fuel of our favorite celebrity gossip. Now I'm telling you, I I did not care about Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, or Hailey Bieber until like two weeks ago when it started just like populating my Instagram reel feed. And I was like, oh my gosh, but now I'm like, I'm in. I'm in way too deep. I've had to repent to the Lord. I'm like, I should not be taking sides. This is a marriage. But it's so true, like when it's other people, even people at our schools, our workplace, when there's something going on, it's this human instinct to kind of like tune our ear and and like take sides, even if you've never met the people before. Because human relationships are fascinating, and pain is actually really fascinating, until it happens to us. And I will tell you right now, uh, the guy I was talking about in that video, I broke up with. (laughs) Um, So yes, I mean, in that case, it was a good thing. I'm not going to say praise God, but it was a good thing. And actually in my life, I've been through three major breakups and many um, situationship redirections, which um, I was talking to Jacob earlier, a situationship, basically an undefined relationship. So if you're like, I've never officially dated someone, maybe you've been in a situationship and we're going to cover that tonight too. Um, But before we get into that, I want to say this sermon tonight is to give you hope. It's to give you hope because even though breakups are difficult and I can be a firsthand testament to that, I can say they brought me closer to Jesus and they've actually taught me to love people so much better, so much better. So my prayer for you during this time is that you tune in and maybe some of the biblical wisdom or even practical steps that you would just absorb for yourself or again, someone in your life one day that you can be that wise counsel for. Cool, so before, before we dive, Directly, and I just want to take us back in time a little bit and take a little time machine back into early high school, Sarah. What a trip! So, I had the privilege of going to high school next door at Oaks Christian High School. So, yeah, shout out, go go lions like an oak tree. And if you, this might be true of your high school too, but at Oaks we had to do like every sport in PE, like every sport. I was a swimmer, I may have mentioned this in here before, but I, yes swimmers, I am terrible at land sports. Anything on land, not great. If it has the ball involved, no thank you. But so during our basketball unit, I distinctly remember being in the gym and it might still be there, but there's this huge banner that had Colossians 3:17 on it. And it says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Obviously, I memorized it because I was so good at basketball that I was just not paying attention to other things. But no, I like, <laughs> every day, people would be like shooting threes and I'd just be staring at the banner. Um, and it actually, this was the point in my faith where I started really walking with Jesus, so it started to confront me. I was like, okay, everything I do in Word or Deep, meaning like my actions and the words in my mouth are meant to glorify Jesus no matter what. And that became... It became a part of like how I looked at life, so I started applying it to like what I knew. So at first, it was just you know the simple like, okay, every time I go to a swim meet, whatever I do, I want to do in the name of the Lord Jesus. So if I perform well, great. If not, I gave it my best, and I want to honor God with my time. Um, I played the cello. Every time I got up to perform, I was like, okay, Jesus, this is for you. You know, there's like the simple like, throw up the hallelujah before the test. Like, okay, God, if it's your will, then I'll only get an A. Um or even you know, taking taking to conflict at home with my mom or my sisters, like, I want my words to reflect you, Jesus. And I was doing okay until I was confronted with my first instance of relational drama. Now, maybe like you, and I know not necessarily in here, but I was told, don't date in high school. you waste your time, don't date do it in high school. But like I had feelings, and there were boys, and, <laughs> and I met someone, and we started dating <laughs> as you know as you can, and I we dated. Um, but there is an issue. See, this this has actually happened in two of my relationships, maybe you can relate, but I, I was dating this boy and he was really close to another girl and she told me that she liked him. She like confided me, she was like, listen, I'm hoping that one day if you break up that I can date him. And I was like, oh! <laughs> just a piece of advice, like even if that's like a wish in your heart, don't say it out loud. <laughs> don't pray into it. Um. And I, but I just remember like the tender soul I was in ninth grade, I was like, crushed by this, because, you know, first love, I was like, no, I was like, what if we do break up? Um, so, I am also, I can lean towards being a naturally anxious, anxious person, so what I did was I went home, and I was like, I don't know what to do about this, like, I don't know, I can't get mad at him, it's not necessarily his fault, I don't know if I should, like, confront her, so I googled <laughs> verses on anxiety, and the classic Philippians 4, 6 came up, do not be anxious about anything? but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, which is difficult, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus. So I was like, okay, I don't really understand how this works yet, but I started praying for this girl and this guy, and I can even look back on that Bible, and I like wrote their initials next to that verse, because I was like, I must pray for them when I read this verse, and eventually, I felt led to call this girl and basically set some boundaries. I was like, listen, as long as we are not broken up, I would, I would like some clear boundaries, like not hanging out with him one-on-one, all that kind of stuff. I was a very mature ninth grader. I don't really know what happened. I feel like some of that, like, I, like, backslid a little bit. But, you know, I, we're good now. We're good now. Um, and she actually, she, like, listened. She was like, fair enough. And you know what happened? Eventually, this guy and I broke up. <laughs> and. It was it was tough. It was tough. It was my first relationship. It wasn't necessarily because of that girl. And it was a little bit awkward, right? But I still remember how that prayer like came to life for me. Cuz even though that was like an uncomfortable situation, later down the road we decided to end things for different reasons. I actually experienced how scripture began to guard my heart and mind. The fact that I had prayed into that relationship. I remember calling him to break up and just had like this peace. It, it was like <laughs> Now that I didn't remember this till just now, I got out of the pool during swim practice because we had a break, and I went and I called him, and he was at dinner with his family. <laughs> and I know don't I also don't recognize. I've learned a lot, guys. I've learned a lot, but I remember it being so peaceful to the point where, like, years later, our this might sound strange. But our family is actually like our parents become friends. He's married. It's great. You know, I'm not saying that's gonna be everyone's scenario, but it didn't like wreck us. It didn't, like, steal our joy or our peace. Um, But scripture is powerful, guys, and prayer is powerful. And the reason I mention this is because from this experience, I learned one thing, and it's this. It's setting yourself up well for a potential breakup or relational drama is something you could actually do before you ever enter a relationship. Because not great at math, but I know this to be true, statistically, and especially in a a biblical worldview, um, you're either going to marry or break up with the person that you're dating. And that's like, oh, right? Like, I don't wanna hear that. <laughs> um, especially when you are younger and you're like, man, if we're gonna, if we're gonna marry and calculate this, like, that could be like 10 years, that could be five years, Not whatever it is. And that could be daunting. And I even remember this coming out of high school, out of college, going through different relationships and being like, man, how do I deal with entering a relationship with those odds? And here's the thing. I've had to learn that I need to go into a relationship with open hands and an honoring heart. That's the best thing I could do to prevent a breakup that's filled with heartache or drama, having open hands and an honoring heart, and I'll even refine it to this. Because I I am 29, and I I am actually recently engaged, so guys, it gets... It, did, it does get better, and just to clarify, Jacob and I are not engaged, she's engaged to Sierra, apparently there's confusion in our other ministries. Um, <laughs> awkward, anyways. Um, but <laughs> but I, I'm gonna put it this way too, and I mentioned like my age and that timing, because I have friends that are my age who have never been in a serious relationship, and there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with them. So it's not just when you go into a relationship, but it's when you go into the desire for a relationship. Going into the desire for a relationship with open hands and an honoring heart is actually just as important than going into a relationship when it comes to pass. Because ultimately, that's not always up to us and our timeline and our agenda. So what do I mean by open hands? For this, I'm gonna call upon my lovely assistant, Ashlyn, if you can come to the stage. (laughs) Woo, give it up! I shared this fun fact earlier, but Ashlyn and I are related, and we did not know that for the majority of our lives. Um, We found out we were second cousins two years ago, and I also made the uncomfortable joke that I went to school with her brothers. so I'm glad we did not date. Um, (laughs) There it is. (laughs) I'm on a roll, thank you. So what do I mean by open hands? Who here has been on a mission trip with HSM? Yes, yes, we love it. So this might be familiar to you. It is the rope analogy. Now in this case, this rope is gonna represent a relationship, either the desire for one or a relationship that you're in. And like Pastor Brian Williams said, sometimes when we get into a place where either we want a relationship so badly or we're in one and we become dissatisfied, we can close our hands. But what happens when things change and our hands are closed? I'm gonna pull on the rope, right? And if I pull hard enough, (laughs) well, you're strong, girl. It's gonna rip through your hands, right? And it's gonna hurt. Maybe not this rope. We had imperfect, ouch, yeah, (laughs) it's okay. Um, It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt us, it's gonna hurt the other person because having those closed fists is also an indication of God saying, I don't trust you. I'm gonna hang on to this as long as I can. But when your hands are open and, say, something shifts or change or maybe even the relationship goes away, it might be uncomfortable or you could be sad that the rope is gone, the relationship is gone. But ultimately, you're better off. You're leaving more healed and more whole because you're saying, Lord, I trust you. Thank you, Ashley. of course. Thank you. (laughs) Isn't she great? It's it's genetics. Um, But it it reminds me of the verse in Scripture in Proverbs 69 where it says, in their hearts, humans plan their course. We plan the course for our lives. We're like, okay, I'm gonna date at this time, I'm gonna get married at this age, gonna have a baby at this age, or maybe not have a baby at that age. Um, buy a house, go into this career. whatever it is. We love to plan, it's okay to plan and to dream. Don't hear me wrong on that. But what this proverb, this piece of wisdom is saying is that we can plan our course, but it's the Lord that establishes your steps. It's up to Him. All good things, all good gifts come from our Father in heaven, and he's a good gift giver. But when we start to get really closed fists on that gift or that timeline, it's gonna hurt. And I love what Brian said, and he said this to me long before I was in the relationship I'm in right now, but he said that even when you are going into a covenant like marriage, you don't get to close your fists. Now, I'm gonna show you, this is my fiance, and I, yeah, Yeah. Zach, (laughs) Zach Ziegler and J.D. Lasky took our pictures, so shout out to them. Um, this also like perfectly captures who we are. He's like a very like steady person and I'm, I'm a little spazzy. Um, but it works out, you can, you can date opposites. But I've, I've never realized how much this rope analogy applied to my own life until I got engaged. Because you put a ring on it and suddenly you're like, well this is mine, <laughs> forever. And my lean could be to be a little like, oh I don't like that close my fists. Oh, I wish you were better at planning. Oh, there's actually something about your personality. Like Dick was saying, like, I think I wanna like change this, or no, I want a relationship to look a certain way. And the more I've done this, the more it's actually hurt me and hurt our relationship to the point where I've had to repent and say, I'm sorry. Cause at the end of the day, like if this is my relationship with Tim, like I don't get to determine how long that we're married. I mean, like, we're gonna commit to death to his part. I mean more, I don't get to determine the time that Tim has on this earth. I don't get to determine the course of the dreams and the purposes that the Lord puts in his life. I maybe get to speak into that, but her life is gonna shift and move. Relationships shift and move, even when you have a covenant. So my discipline, our practice is to look at one another and say, you do not belong to me. You belong first to the Lord. And that made all the difference in our dating. It's made all the difference in our engagement. I would just encourage you, even in a season of a relationship, or maybe being in one, keeping your hands open. Because this is also true. If the Lord intends for something to stay in your hands, it's gonna stay in your hands. Because He is the good gift giver. We can find security in that. Even when things are difficult, even when we have fear of people leaving or walking away, God knows what He's doing. And it's important, again, to say, Lord, I trust you. And even if my hands are shaking, I'm gonna keep them open. And it does get easier with time. Now, part of that is having an honoring heart, having open hands and an honoring heart. What do I mean by that? When I say honoring heart, I mean a heart that's looking to honor God first in our relationships and therefore the other person. We don't know what honor is if we don't know what it means to honor God we won't know how to treat that person well or with love and dignity and respect, or even ourselves with love and dignity and respect unless we know what that looks like in relation to who the Father is. So this, uh, this basically boils down to asking, how am I viewing myself? How am I viewing this person? And is it honoring in the eyes of God? And I just put together a few practical questions to kind of help vet this so you can like sort through this in your relationship. Some of this we've talked about in this series, but just to drive the point home. the First is this, are our physical boundaries honoring to the Lord? And I can tell you, being in engagement, we still have to ask these questions. In marriage, you'll still have to ask these questions. And of course, when you're dating, it's like those things should be minimal and they will grow in time, especially within the context of marriage. But that question should never go away. Is the way that I'm using my body not only with my spouse or with the person in my relationship or even just in general, is it honoring to God? That should be a purity question for us that leads to our joy and not our harm. Second, are my emotional responses honoring to the Lord? You'd be like, yeah, well, our physical boundaries are great, but maybe you're like me and you can, you can struggle with like having a little bit of a short temper. And that's okay, there's grace for those instances, but if there's patterns in your life where you're like, man, if I really step back, I am not patient with my person. I'm not patient maybe even with the friends in your life. Something to keep in mind. Next is the way I talk about the person to others when they're not around honoring to the Lord. This one got me, because I've been in relationships where I'm like, I feel like I'm not being treated well. So I'll turn around and be like, They suck, like, you know, like, or it's just really easy to be like, yeah, things are going well, but they have a little bit of an issue with time management, and you just, like, slip in those, like, little jabs, and it can feel good in the moment, but honestly, like, that person belongs to the Lord, and, like, that's their son or daughter, and it's just not good to spread that into the community in ways that you can't take back. Right? It's one thing to confide in your friends and say, hey, I'm having an issue. Can you just hear me out and give me wisdom? You know, like we know in our heart of hearts when it's like, but that ain't right, when we're like talking behind someone's back. And then lastly, and I would say this is one of the most important, um, is our relationship contributing to each other growing in the Lord? Is our relationship contributing to each of us growing in the Lord? Ooh, I have been in that place, especially in situationships where I've been like, no, it's not. It's just not. But I want to keep going for whatever reason. So I'd say, like, this is the best time just to take an honest inventory. And if any of the answers to these questions are no, just to consider, to check yourself and be like, all right, am I, am I being honoring in this relationship? And what does the Lord think of how I'm acting? Because really, you can try to control another person, but you can really own your own actions, right? So honoring the Lord in this case, I will say it makes the relationship better if it lasts, and it makes it way easier if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. That is why going into a relationship with these things can set you up for, I would say, the most ideal or graceful end to a relationship or end to drama. Um, Pastor Aaron and I were talking before this sermon as I was prepping, and he's been reminding us throughout this series that in God's calling us to holiness, he's calling us to find our joy in him. So when we're saying honor God in your relationship, honor the person as a child of God, see them, ask Jesus, would you help me to see them as you see them? That's not because he's like, all right, here's a very strict set of rules because I don't want you to have fun. Um, It's No, it's because in holiness, in choosing to be like God when the world says, don't be like God, be like everyone else, um, he's actually calling us to greater joy. He's calling us to greater favor with Him. He's calling us to blessing. And I don't want you to miss out on that. And I have not lived a perfect life, and this is what I've learned through making both relational mistakes, and well, I'll just tell you about my mistakes. Um, we'll, we'll move on to the good part later. Um, I have never regretted minimizing physica- physicality in a relationship, like never. I've been in relationships where we have gone way too far, and I've gone and been in relationships where we have said from the get-go like, we're not even gonna kiss, and that sounds crazy. And it's up, to—it's up. it really is understanding where your boundaries need to be, where the Lord says boundaries should be in and outside of marriage. Um, so I'm not here to say here's the line, besides save sex, sex and marriage, and as Drew said last week, how to recover after you fall. Um, but I will say I've always regretted towing the line. I've always regretted towing the line. Not once and I'm like, that was worth it, I'm glad that we figured this out afterwards. Um, being upfront with those boundaries has saved my heart from devastation after a breakup, it really has. God can redeem anything though, so don't be discouraged if that's been you. I've seen that in my own life. Um, next, I've never regretted treating someone with humility and gentleness in a relationship, but I've always regretted treating someone with pride and harshness. I've always regretted, it's like it feels good in the moment when you're like, I'm right, and then later you just, it, it starts to break, break things down between you and your person, and it starts to harden your own heart, and event, it, it really hardens your heart towards the Lord in that scenario. I've never regretted being careful with my words when confiding in friends about a romantic partner, when I've stopped to say, you know what, they would actually be really embarrassed if I told this story, so I'm not gonna tell it. But I have regretted speaking poorly of someone behind their back. I've regretted sharing stories that later my partner, even my fiance has been like, Sarah, I've told you that I, I didn't want people to know about that. Even though in the moment I'm like, I'm going to get a laugh out of this. The laugh was not worth it. It was not worth it. Um, and then lastly, I've, I've never regretted ending a relationship because it was not growing either one of us in our walk with the Lord. But I've always regretted entertaining um, a relationship that God was not the center of. I have always regretted it. And I've, I've towed that line. I've been like, man, like, what if X, Y, Z? You know, like, what if they come to church eventually? And there are exceptions in this. Like, you hear these stories, but I'm gonna say generally as the rule, don't do it. Don't do it until you're both in a place where you are running after Jesus and you know that person has an independent relationship with the Lord because I believe the scriptures, when they paint these experiences, both of where our joy can come from and how to honor and treat someone in a relationship and both where our regret can come from when we choose another way. Psalm 1611 says, this is David speaking to the Lord, he says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That's what it looks like to walk with the Lord into relationships and even out of relationships, that the joy of his presence goes with you, that nothing could take that from you. So, with that, this takes me to some practicals. um, Specifically, how do you break up with someone? (laughs) Or when is a good time to break up with someone gracefully? And I'm not here to give you a completely definitive, comprehensive scenario. So if you're sitting here going, I wonder if she's gonna talk about what I'm experiencing, um, maybe. And I would say follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But I kind of chose two different scenarios that I know to be true, that I feel like are biblically sound. So just journey with me in a moment. Um, And the first is this. I would strongly suggest you break up with someone when they become a hindrance to your relationship with God, others, or your calling. This is something that my friend had to tell me in my last relationship, the one before my current one. because I just began to just like melt away because of the relational turmoil and conflict that was going on. And this was a man who loved Jesus, but he did a lot of things in his heart that he was working through. There wasn't a partnership there. I began to put all my energy and resources into that relationship, and suddenly I didn't want to be at work. I didn't want to press into community. I didn't want to be around friends. I was just so depleted, and she had to look me in the eyes and say, is this detracting from your relationship with God? others, or even your calling. And then second is this, and this, this is gonna get a little, little real for a minute. The second reason to end a relationship is when there's physical, verbal, emotional, or sexual abuse. Now, in the scriptures, this is one of, these are the only merited reasons for divorce. So let alone walking through a relationship. And I wanna speak very clearly right now this is anything you've experienced currently in a relationship, whether it's romantic or otherwise, that is not God's heart for you. That is not, God does not stand for abuse, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, verbal, sexual, that that is not the heart of God. And I wanna encourage you too that sometimes you need to bring others who are healthy into that with you. So, I've already talked to our leaders tonight, and I'm not gonna out anybody, But if you feel like that's something you're experiencing, or maybe you're like, oh, I'm kind of perking up. Maybe, I don't know. Please go talk to a leader. Please talk to a leader after service. Or if you're like, I'm not ready for that, we'd love for you to write your name and your number on the prayer wall and someone's gonna just check up on you. We want your good. We want this to be a safe place for you. And we wanna walk with you through a situation that is maybe a little bit scary or something that you do not deserve and the Lord does not want you in. So just wanna be clear on that. Okay, so when to break up, we covered that. There are other scenarios, and I'm gonna leave that to you in the Lord and wise counsel. But how to break up, how to break up or not create drama. Because you might have been in this situation, I don't know, when I have been the one breaking up with someone, it could feel like you have the upper hand. You're like, I've been thinking about this for months, and maybe they will have no idea, and they're about to be a little bit blindsided. You have to understand that you do carry a little bit of power with your words and to not misuse that or manipulate that in that situation. Because you do not want to create drama for yourself or that person. So here's just some pieces of wisdom I've picked up in my life and through the scriptures. The first is this. When you are breaking up with someone, go private before you go public. This can mean two things. One, go to the Lord first. Go to the Lord first. I've been in scenarios where I'm freaking out a little bit and I just want to like act. I'm like very much like, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just make a decision right now. And that is not always wise to be hasty in our judgment. Go to the Lord and go to wise counsel. That could be your small group leader. That could be a leader here. That could be close friends. If you have a good relationship with a parent or a parent figure, pray and then talk it out. See, am I making a rational decision right now? Am I making a rational decision right now? This also means the, one of the worst things we could do when we're thinking about bringing up with someone is just like spreading it around. You don't want that news to get to them before you speak to them directly. That's not honoring. It's not honoring. It's tempting, but it's not honoring. And that goes into the second thing. Clarity is kind. Clarity is kind. It can be so awkward to look someone in the eyes and say, I no longer want to be in a relationship with you. But it is so much better than beating around the bush. I've been that girl that's like, I just don't wanna be in a relationship right now. But the truth is like, no, it's actually between us. Be clear, be clear, give them as much clarity as you can. And then going into the third thing, understand that you cannot control the other person's response. You can only control your action. If you come into a scenario and you're like, I am going to be peaceful, I'm going to be calm, I'm gonna be clear and the other person maybe elevates or shows bigger emotions, that is not your responsibility. And this is difficult, because especially if you're in a relationship, you're like used to being that person's person. You're the one who's like supposed to comfort and soothe them, but in this specific scenario, you actually have to practice taking your hands off and saying, I can only control myself right now. This is difficult, this is especially difficult for me. And lastly, trust the Lord with yourself and them. You have to trust the Lord that he is in control, that he has plans for your, your life, he has plans for their life, and they're good. And again, you can't control whether the other person goes and seeks God and finds counsel, but you can control your actions. You could say, Lord, this might be hard and difficult, even if you were breaking up with the person, that's still difficult, but saying, Lord, I just need you. I need to know that you are good and I'm going go to your word and I'm gonna speak it and pray it over myself, Lord that you're in control, and you're gonna take care of me, and you're gonna take care of them. Now, with that, again, I'm just gonna do a little caveat. If you're in a dangerous relationship, or if you're like, some of those abuses that I listed might be registering with you, I'm just gonna encourage you, don't go into a breakup by yourself. Bring someone with you. Ask someone that you feel safe with, whether that's a mentor, someone that you know that you're gonna be in a public place, they got your back, and be okay to leave. Be okay to leave, don't escalate with them, but I'm just gonna say that again, these are things that I wish I knew, but again, talk to someone, we would love to counsel you through that. Okay, next, and this is also hard. How to be broken up with well, (laughs) slash not further the drama, because this I do know to be true too. Um, It kind of sucks either way, but especially if you're the one being broken up with and you didn't see it coming, it could be really easy to take that pain and then pitch it back at someone. so here's the deal. One of the best things you can do if you're in a situation and you're like, man, whether you're blindsided or saw it coming, you're being broken up with, um, acknowledge your pain before God and your close friends. Because you can, you, can you can do one of two things in this circumstance. Maybe there can be more than one and two, but two things I know. One, it's very easy to stuff our feelings. So people are like, hey, how you doing? And You're like, I'm fine, it's fine. Like, everything's cool. And like, no, I'm fine, we're cool. We're gonna be best friends after this, which I do not recommend. Um, and it never goes well, (laughs) I'm just gonna say that right now. Um, There should be a proverb on that. But you either stuff your feelings, never acknowledge them, and they're gonna flow out later, because your feelings don't actually go anywhere, they just fester. So if we don't air them out in a healthy way, they're gonna stick with us. So it's either that, or we don't go before God and our close friends, but we just start talking about it with anyone who's gonna listen. And we need to find people that are actually gonna care for us and counsel us through that because it's easy to just kind of like word vomit onto other people, but you're not actually gonna be taken care of, right? It might might feel like a release in the moment, but find your people and walk with them, share with trusted people, let them walk with you. So there's that, and then I said this earlier, don't fire back. Like we all know like hurt people hurt people, but then you're the hurt person, and you're like, but I feel justified in the way that I, you know, like they need to know how much they hurt me. And it's like, no, that's a moment where you have to say justice is the Lord's. <laughs> like, It is not up to you to then go ruin their life, their reputation, speak poorly, the next person that they're interested in dating or likes them being like, don't do it. Like, Unless you feel like there's actually like a dangerous situation there, we have to be careful with our words. We have to be careful and knowing people can change. People can be transformed because of who Jesus is. So there's that fine line between how we speak about people and then actually giving like, a legitimate warning against someone and then, this is important too, don't elevate the sin of another above your own need for grace. Because when we're hurt, when I've been hurt, especially, I mean, I'm in my last relationship, even my current one, I know this to be true, when I am sinned against, suddenly I'm like the most righteous person ever, or at least I think I am. I'm like, well, I would never do that to you. Like, I remember in this situation, I'm like, I have actually never sinned against anyone in that specific way. Um, so I'm like, I'm, I must be an angel, you know? Not true. I had to have a friend sit me down and be like, Sarah, you've forgotten your own need for grace. And that's actually starting to change not only the way that you see this individual person, but people in general. My pride started to puff me up so much that I forgot the gospel over my own life. That's the most valuable thing I possess is my knowledge of the gospel. So I don't want my pride or even the sin and pain that another has caused me for me to lose my treasure. I need to guard that. And lastly, again, same thing as before, trust the Lord with yourself and them. It is so disappointing when things don't go our way, especially if you really like someone or you really want to be in a relationship and it's like just not happening. But one of the most powerful things we can do as people who live in the kingdom of God is to say, God, even though this is not good, this is not what I want, you are still faithful That the enemy is not gonna convince me that you have somehow left me or forgotten me or don't have good plans for me because that's not your character. God, you are better than that. You're better than that. Even Jesus himself, we know that he wasn't in a relationship but he faced rejection, like his own people. They sent him to the cross. His closest friends betrayed him. Like he can empathize with our pain to say, I know what it feels like to be left by the people that you valued the most. I can sit with you and actually he has the power to heal those places in our hearts. And I can just tell you from a personal place, I'm so thankful for the relationships in my life that didn't work out. I'm so thankful. Even before I met my fiance, I was thankful and God began redemption even before my next relationship. That season between my last relationship and this one was one of the most joyful I've ever had because I started to see Jesus more clearly, understanding that, wow, God, it was so worth it to walk in your ways, even when I didn't want to, even when my pride got in the way, even when my hurt got in the way, because in your presence is fullness of joy. Band, you guys can make your way back up. And I'm so glad for that banner in the high school gym and just how it like sunk into my subconscious and like, followed me through every relationship I've ever had, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship, because it's so true, we are called as the people of God with whatever we do in word or deed to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. Lord, thank you for bringing me through this difficult relationship. Lord, thank you that your wisdom has brought me joy in spaces that I did not know what to do. God, thank you that you've redeemed me even though I've fallen and I've made mistakes. God, thank you that my relational future can still be bright because of who you are. That is the good news of the gospel. So may Jesus be known through how we, through how you handle hard and heartbreaking relationships in your life because people will see that you're not walking that alone. Those difficult circumstances don't begin to define you, but Jesus does that you're choosing a different way, a third way of living that brings joy and peace from sadness. So that's my prayer for us tonight. That Lord God, that you would show us who you are in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of hurt. Lord, that you would use our pain to bring joy, God, into our lives. God, that you would restore hope in the hearts of those who feel like they have none. And God, I just pray wisdom, Lord, that we would be people to know to choose you, God. Even in the midst of something we want so dearly, to keep our hands open and say, God, what what is for us will be for us. And you are a good, good Father. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you walk with us through all things. And we pray this in your name. Amen. We hope that was a blessing to you. You can connect with us on social media at CalvaryHSM805, on Instagram, or on our website. God bless you.